Hello everybody, this is Expat and this is Zai and this is the Zine Zone. We are recording our episode number five. We are here again at Alan Gardens in mm. Toronto. Today is a little bit muggy and yeah. I don't like it muggy or humid. 38 degrees. Yeah, we don't like that, but at least I think it's not gonna rain. Mm. And also we are excited because today after this uh, uh, recording we will be having our first event um, the zine zone zine trade event trade event swap swap your zine event mm -hmm. so we don't know how many people are coming we'll probably will let you know later but regardless we're excited to meet people mm -hmm. and see what's gonna happen you know having some exchange of conversations yes etc etc so yeah we have a few exciting um, um zines to review and to talk about today so uh, zai is gonna open the space today for your uh, first review the floor is yours oh, thank you expat hello listeners so i'm gonna start off um with the zines and there's two of them issue number one and issue number two and they are called insomnia oh. and they're these two zines are by Ashley. Both zines are quarter size and in black and white photocopy. Design, the zines are about living with the circadian rhythm sleep disorder. Wow, circadian sleep disorder. Yeah. And number one has an intro that says, Hi, my name is Ashley and I can't sleep. This is a zine about navigating the world with a circadian rhythm sleep disorder. I put this together in the summer of 2017 and this is the first scene I have written in about 12 years and the first one that has been really personal. If you have a sleep disorder or think you might have one, I hope this will make you feel not so alone although it really sucks sometimes. I am a night owl with a day job trying to survive in a world where I'm fucking tired all the time. Thanks for reading. So. It also goes, this scene also goes into what a circadian rhythm is, larks and owls, what they tell you works, what works for me, I know I am very lucky, drugs, drugs, pills, pills, what is a sleep study, should I get one, and the insomniacs and manifesto. And I'm going to read a few pages from this first scene. So, a circadian rhythm. Our circadian rhythms regulate bodily processes including but not limited to sleep slash wakefulness sometimes referred to as our biological clock. There are five types of circadian rhythm sleep disorders. Four are built in, purely biological, and one is situational. That one is shift work disorder. My diagnosis is DSPD, delayed sleep phase disorder. My biological clock runs super late. When left to my own devices, my natural bedtime is between 2.30 and 3.30 in the morning. It has been this way since I was a young child. I was firmly diagnosed in my late 20s. 
We learned that people fall onto a spectrum, a continuum of larks and owls. Larks symbolize the morning. This seems to be merely symbolic as many birds are active in the mornings. There are extreme larks who are naturally wake up earlier in the day, often before the sun rises. Historically, it has been advantageous to be a lark in order to maximize productivity during hours of daylight. Much of our world is suited to the lark's propensity to wake early. Work begins at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. even though artificial light abounds. The perceived need for orderly society dictates times we should be awake. But not all people are larks. The rest of us are owls, night owl, being redundant as most members of the species are nocturnal. And there are extreme owls who naturally prefer to be active at night. I am an extreme owl. If left to my own devices, I would fall asleep between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Owls are largely solitary creatures. I feel this acutely while the rest of the world sleeps. Because I am an owl, I often experience insomnia. I can't sleep when I'm supposed to. Insomnia is very lonely. Number two goes into an intro. Welcome to issue two of my zine, Insomnia. As I'm writing this and working on the second issue, I'm wrapping up hopefully a medical leave from work that I took was placed on depending on who you ask because of a nervous breakdown, kind of. Being out of work has kind of made things worse slash driven me a little crazy. Ironic, huh? So hopefully things will go back to normal. I started issue two after I finished the first issue, so I guess I had a lot to say. Um, number two also goes into entries such as faking it, pills, an inventory, more pills, a graveyard of pills, a love letter to Ambien, my life as a zombie. And I'll read a couple of pages from this one. My medicine cabinet looks like a pill graveyard full of old medicines and half empty or nearly empty bottles because I am insane and I keep this crap in case of emergency. I don't even know what that means, what kind of emergency is going to call for three capsules of gabapentin. Is it a monument to my suffering? A testament to my tenacity, should I create art with them? Nobody wants that. Dear Ambien, it's been a while. Actually, it hasn't been that long. There are several of you in a bottle in my medicine cabinet and I still turn to you when I am desperate. When sleep eludes me and I don't know where to turn, I miss you. Or I miss the way things used to be. I miss the Amazon Prime packages that showed up two days later after taking a pile and then shopping like a fucking idiot nothing works as well as you used to i miss you love ashley so i'm not sure if ashley's still printing this these zines but they're at insomnia i-n-s-o-m-n-i-u-g-h-h-h -H -H on twitter and her contact info, along with photos of the zines, will be added to our social media. Definitely. I, I, as you were speaking and reading um, some of this, um, the information in the zine, it got me thinking what kind of person you are, mm -hmm. Zai, and what kind of person I am. Are you more like a morning person or more like an evening person? What, what type of 
person you are, like you know, in the zine that you just read, they talk about mm. being an owl. Yeah. What? Who? Who are you in this? In this case? Um, I am a morning person. I used to work on the midnight shift, and that did not work for me. I yeah, I can understand about uh, what what she talks about here as a shift work disorder. Mm. So what time did you get up in the morning, more or less? Um, I'm like now. Yeah, well, usually, typically on a regular typically basis. Five, six a.m. Oh, all right. So see, yeah. I can even get up late, uh, earlier. No, I see. I see what you mean because that same like me. I am a morning person. Mm -hmm. I am one of those who, fortunately or unfortunately, um, I am sort of like rigid with my schedule. Mm -hmm. So I have to go to bed at 10 p.m. in the evening. Mm -hmm and I sleep eight hours, yeah. so I get up exactly at six o'clock. But then the other reason is because my cat wakes me up at six o'clock mm. to give her the food. So so that actually helps me in general. I mean, I'm not, I'm always getting up early, so <laughs> get up at six, give her the food, and then that's when I start, is, start the day. Is there a lot of meowing? Oh yeah. Is she meowing a lot? Oh yeah. Is that bad? <laughs> she's hungry. <laughs> well, that's why she's hungry. Like, but it's funny that why is she why is she coming like at sick like a lot of meow and I get up. Okay, gives you food and then now, yeah. now she becomes quiet and yeah. then that's when I start my day with mm -hmm. doing work and stuff like that. So oh. by the time it's like midday, like noon, so I have done all my shit. <laughs> but my closest friends are the opposite. They get up at eleven in the morning. Oh. Like they start working on their stuff like at 1 p.m. And for me, like I'm done already. <laughs> But no judgment here, yeah. to be honest, guys. No judgment. My cat only uh, comes into my room when she's like, what are you still doing in bed? <laughs> I've been up since like 3 o'clock this morning. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who have cats, Zai and I, we love cats. Yes. So if you, if, you, if you are cat people, then yes. you may relate. I do like dogs. Yeah, likewise, like I don't, I, I mean, I like dogs and don't dislike them, but, you know, I prefer cats. I have liked cats for all my life. So anyways, for me, it's my time to review. And um, what I'm going to review today is something that I recently got at the Toronto uh, Public Library in downtown Toronto. And then there is a place where you can actually buy, I mean, it's like a bookstore and you can buy, there's, I have a small section, zine section, and I bought this one. I found it very attractive. You know, I always go by the looks and then I, uh, the title of this zine is called Sand and Marshmallows. Mm -hmm. Hello, heartbeater turned zine reader, Joyce, Jody Kim, and Julia Luis Pereira. Mm -hmm. So, Zan and Marshmallows, so the first thing that I thought in my mind, what does have to do sun and marshmallows so that's why, why i picked it up because this is this one has a lot of um imagery like pictures right and then as, as some of you know me by now i like pictures so it got me thinking okay well i guess the first my first study was okay there was a camping uh, by this by the beach and then people were like you know like burning marshmallows or hitting marshmallows and some of them drop on the sand and, and then this is what happens oh. the next day that's what my first study was a lot of marshmallows on the beach. exactly exactly that's what the first thing i thought so so this is a one quarter sign size printed inject uh, and a few designs graphs or drawings inside the the zine 
Uh, one of the things that I do not like about this one specifically is because the quality of the paper is, is too thin for my, for my desire. And, you know, uh, uh, it's not, I'm not going to say it's low quality, it's just it's too thin. And mm -hmm. um, the ink is not that bright compared to other zines that I have seen over there. Mm -hmm right and um, but who cares right like whatever whatever it is oh yeah those drawings really like stand out yeah the drawings yeah. stand out and i really like drawings mm, especially very colorful. very colorful as you said and i think well the, when i was reading this it's indeed it reminds me of camp campfire stories right a quick read with hints or a dash of poetry so it's a little bit of like camp stories but also sort of like poetry as well so it's like a little bit of those things so um, it also comes with a nice handmade business card Joy, Joyce Jody uh, with probably recycled paper and I, I like nice. that shit like people when do things with uh, in the, with their own hands I really mm. like that I really appreciate that that part um, it's inspiring and then some of the drawings are like there's like a spherical round beaker mm -hmm with some dark black liquid like that um, are those stars or that's what i don't know it could be a stars or it could galaxies. be galaxies it could be sand i don't yeah. know maybe joyce jody or luisa luis can tell us if you hear us what is this reality i mean i mean i mean we will see and then the other drawing it looks like a stick or a piece of wood and a cloth hanging with what it appears to be blood stains and actually it is because in the in the and I'm gonna read in a moment it actually talks about that right mm -hmm. um, what else um, there are some in the next page there are some like raccoons I mean they actually say there are raccoons burning another raccoon uh, at the stake so that's funny it's, it's a really funny thing and the imagery I, I really love this one right like and then the last page there are some olives um, so is it fair to say that's like raccoon cannibalism? Maybe, maybe <laughs> it is. And the last page, like I said, there are some olives, but then we have to read. So we know because the, the imagery represents some of the stories or the poems that they're actually saying. Mm -hmm. And in the last page, that's my favorite part because it's a desert. It says desert place. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can see like it's, there, it's a desert, no desert, desert and a sun. I love the way that that's positioned on the back page. I don't know, it just really stands right? out. Right? Yeah. I, that's what I love that part. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read um, just excerpts because I don't want to read the whole one. I'm just going to read the one on the second page and probably the other one about the... Actually, the second and third page because that's the one that resonates the most. So it says, You tore me for love, but love wasn't a prize and I wasn't the wrapping. I was a resilient but overlooked sapling and I was the soil and it would grow whether you had kicked over cracked open the pot or not white flags will be white flags till dipped in your blood hence the drawing of the white flag with blood wow. that I told you earlier <laughs> and then the next part is the raccoons are burning her at the stake friends friends she cries out flames flames they yell back. <laughs> Somehow the tongue states better fueled by anger. At least they will regret it tomorrow. Even now a little part in her smiles as she sees them. 
wondering why the sky is so dark, why the wind too still, hunch around the campfires with the torn open marshmallows. So I'm gonna finish reading that part because I want you to actually go ahead and buy the zine and read it because it's really interesting. So you can find these people at Joyce Jody or at oh, oh lordy it's Julia <laughs> or Julia Luis Pereira at Gmail or Joe's j-o-c j-o-d gmail i will put this on our social media so you names. can i know it's like it's every time uh, what, what, that's one of the fascinating like things about finding zines see that's one of the things that i find fascinating oh. going to places to this store in downtown toronto go to the zine section and just uh, see what mm. pops out what, and then you get these things that you never know and you can google i can google these people but for me it's more about you know exchanging uh, information and understanding where they're coming from so that's me for now um, today we will not be having an instagram shout out because we have a special person coming in today for an interview Ooh. so this is great so that's gonna be our shout out so okay jordan so jordan is here the zine zone a trade event because we are trading zines here and then he right oh, yes. uh, came here to show us some of uh, his zines and I can say that this is great because it's uh, it's made out of cardboard and some tape and then with some sharpies as well on the top and then the title of this one is called some stuff I threw at the wall by Jordan right and something that folks need to know is that this one, Jordan made this himself one by one around 250 of the same one. And there is no photocopies or anything. It's just uh, with his own handwriting, every single page and uh, every cover made by himself. But I'm going to ask Jordan to let us a little bit know more about the content of this. What, what is what behind all this effort and this work? Uh, yeah, so um, it was just kind of like a quarantine um, project. Um, a lot of my work, uh, I work in different mediums, and a lot of my work deals with um, uh, the idea of repetition. Um, so I was super attracted to uh, the idea of just like writing things out by hand, and uh, um, like how monks used to make Bibles, that kind of thing, um, and which is just like, you know, just an art form that doesn't exist anymore because yeah. they have photocopy technology and everything. Of course. Um, but anyway, that's just uh, all of the content is sort of, um, it's, uh, they're very uh, surrealist poems. Um, a person told me once they sound kind of like surrealist to-do lists. It is indeed. <laughs> so Thank because you. this is surreal, I want you to read the first poem, which is cut here. Read the first poem? Because we sure. want, instead of me reading them, I want you to sure. read your own poem. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. So this is called Cat Hair. Uh, there's cat fur floating at the corner of eyes like star-glazed ephemera born of kind knuckles. Your whispered nothing leaves gut ablaze, a kind day to sweep out to sea a lint brush cannot. Wow, this is great. See, folks, I, that's what I am. I was so glad to have Jordan here with us because we get to know more about the work that he's doing 
And if somebody wants to know more about you and the work that you do, which we're going to be posting some photos of the work on Instagram as well, so everybody can get the chance to actually get uh, some of that. So how people can find you, Jordan? Uh, so they can find me either on my personal Instagram, which is uh, jordan.litung, L-E-E-T-U-N-G. Um, on Instagram, um, and I'm also running an Instagram uh, page for the zine uh, itself. Um, the whole the four issue zine is titled Broken Toes Heal Backward. Nice. All right, folks, did you hear Jordan today? Well, I encourage everybody to follow uh, Jordan, get his stuff because it's really wonderful, and I think I'm going to treasure this one because it's handmade with care. Thank you, Jordan, so much. Thank you so much. Okay, so now that we have had this wonderful interview, uh, we're gonna go with Zai and your second review. Tell us a little bit about the second review that you brought for today. Uh, this scene is called Make Slash Believe, number one, and it's by Kira Gray. The zine is quarter size, is in black and white photocopy, comes with drawings as well, and is 22 pages. There is an intro to this scene, which goes, this scene is about carving out a place to call home. It's about soothing restlessness and finding roots. It's about me. My name is Kier. I have been reading zines for a long time and finally finished one of my own. I talk about magic, psychosis, dreams, lipstick, ancestors, and the future. Thanks for picking me up. Kira Gray, February 2018. Um, it also goes into the entries, which are Montreal Smog, Queer Spawn, Rootless, Femme at Work, Magic Slash Madness, A Fresh Start, Back Home, Psychosis, Witch Mountain, Baby Dreams, and Drenched. I'll read um, a few pages from the zine. Queer Spawn. I want kids one day, and sometimes that feels unusual in queer spaces. I regularly hear people on the verge of bragging about how they'll never have any. Of course, everyone has to make up their own minds about such things, and not wanting kids is fine, but it just makes me wonder how kid-friendly queer spaces are if the general consensus seems to be don't have them. There's also the issue of living in a totally unaffordable city and the reality of probably having to move in order to pay for baby stuff. Now the suburbs are definitely gay, trust me, I've lived there, but it's much harder to meet fellow queers and build community and I worry about feeling alienated. And then there's gender. What are queer non-binary parents to do in such a cishet world? I am grateful to know totally amazing parents who are making it work, but they're often struggling as well. Parenting seems hard enough for anyone, and the added layer of dealing with the straight seems like a lot. But if I'm honest with myself, it still seems totally worth it. Parenting feels like something that's in my bones, something that I'm supposed to do, not just because of societal expectations, but because it just feels right. And I think I have to trust that. This one is called Femme at Work. I started two new jobs recently just as my Saturn's return began in my 10th house and I agonized over whether or not to wear lipstick to my first day at, at the hospital. On the one hand, I was not looking forward to being misgendered. I get read as a woman almost all of the time these days. 
so I'm used to it to an extent, but I still remember the days of short hair and binding and testosterone. In some ways, my life was harder back then than it is now, but in other ways, it was easier. Trans slash non-binary visibility and invisibility are tricky things to talk about, much less navigate. Anyway, the lipstick question. It brought me up a lot of internalized misogyny. Would people think I was less capable or less serious about my job? Would people doubt my intelligence? Would I feel inferior? I talked about this with my roommate, naming the different angles that were coming up for me. But then I remembered, lipstick is fucking powerful and magical and incredible and amazing. It's armor. It makes me feel good. People were going to she me no matter what was or what was or wasn't on my face. And damn it, if I was going to let some internalized bullshit stop me from feeling confident in my abilities. So I slathered it on, a matte fire engine red. I smiled extra big at my coworkers who were in the lipstick club with me and I got to work. Uh, this one is called Psychosis. When I lost my mind, I was at my old partner's place. We were on a rural reservation and all by ourselves in the house without a phone or internet. They tried to care for me for days while I paced around spoken tongues and broke stuff amongst other things. A snake slithered out of my right foot. An apple forced itself out from between my ribs. I thought I was channeling my partner's ancestors. I thought I was having an epiphany. I thought I was going deep undercover for the imminent revolution. I was convinced I was psychic when actually I was completely unable to respond appropriately to my partner's emotions and communication and boundaries. Um, I'm not sure if Cure is still printing these zines, but their contact info is www.moonstone-astrology.com and their information along with photos of the zine will be added to our social media. So what are your thoughts on this zine? Make believe, you know, because this is a zine mm -hmm. about um, the queer community. Yeah. Um, I, I really, there are... Um, parts of this zine that resonate that resonated um, with me completely nice yeah no like the reason why I'm asking this is because you know and the audience already knows that I am a cisgender straight guy and I always have to say it because people may see me physically and then may not think that I am a cisgender straight male or man right and uh, something that I notice now that I'm learning and learning and relearning many things uh, in life uh, the queer community is actually a community that is very welcoming mm -hmm. and I, I have been glad that the queer community has welcomed me mm -hmm. as a cisgender straight guy without any judgment compared to the heteronormative patriarchal <laughs> I don't know how it is done or how it's said that there is always this judgment because I don't sort of perform in the normative worries of what a socialized socialized behavior. male should yeah. be this guy goes hey dude how you doing bro so I don't perform those ways so I am judged because of that whereas in the queer community I can be whatever the fuck I want to be and then I'm still a cisgender straight guy I know I have to to change the way I am to be accepted and that's why I always believe these type of zines are actually more welcoming to different folks of uh, walks of life out there and then I feel proud uh, that Zai uh, has shared this space with me to 
develop this this podcast so we can all understand yes. from different perspectives exactly. what it means to be a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also another part of the scene that I that resonated was the queer parents because mm-hmm. I remember one time uh, in my twenties. I'm not gonna reveal my age right now, um, but. When I did bring up children at that time, I had a lot of folks say to me, but but you're not straight, how are you going to have kids? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, that's one of the things that I am actually... So I'm like, it's impossible! <laughs> it's funny because, you know, as I, I'm, an, I'm an educator and I am an academic and I am in the... In the I, I, I use a lot of decolonial but also critical lenses to my work. And as such, I always go in my classes and tell the students there are different forms of families. It doesn't have to be the quote-unquote typical man-women family, but there are, could be three women, could be three men, it could be a whole community raising up children, and one woman gets uh, like like has the child, and then the whole community raise them. Yep. So you see that people need to understand that there is not only not only one way of 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 having children yeah. or being a parent. There are different ways, and that's one of the things that I'm really proud of this learning. Yeah, and even though, uh, this, this just wanted to, to say this, that this was pre-internet when all this happened. Um, so right now there's like a lot more information out there as opposed to back then when they were just like books and just more books and just word of mouth. Yes. And but yeah, I'm glad. Part of, that these conversations are happening part of this unlearning for me like I said I was brought up as women like pink men like blue mm-hmm. and women like dolls and men like balls like footballs footballs yeah. <laughs> foot, football balls not ball like anyways well that's because they do it uh, specifically to um, genitals oh yeah blue that's true oh you're right the boys like balls because yeah. we have balls <laughs> And, and and pink for you know it's basically cis um, you know like the whole um, yeah. gender reveal party like, right well what are, what are, what do the genitals look like yes so that's, yes that's pink genitals and balls with <laughs> genitals it's funny it's, no but I like talking about yeah. this but the reason why I'm saying this is because part of my own unlearning is to precisely that to to um, to challenge myself yeah. and then going back to me going to this store in Toronto so I said okay let me see uh, what I can get in this in this place so I found this mini zine and I, I am always fascinated by the mini zines and I obviously I was attracted because the first thing I see it is like pink <laughs> is that a microwave it's a microwave nice. and the microwave is pink and I said to myself okay I'm gonna pick pink mm-hmm. because Throughout my life, I was not supposed to pick pink, mm. because if I am pink, if I choose pink, then I, uh, I, they, I will be perceived as gay. But I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna pink pink and see what happens. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, nothing. It's not, I'm not gonna turn gay just because I'm gonna pick these zines that is that is pink. And then it's a pink microwave. It's a it's a mini zine. You know, one of those like very small ones. And it doesn't have much content, but I don't oh. think that's what it matters. It's a lot of graphic and a lot wow. of pink, and yeah. it's really beautiful. So the name of this zine is called Sleepy Head. I can see why you picked it because it's very aesthetically pleasing. Exactly, and it's a poem zine by Vib, V I V. 
So the images represent each one of the stanzas of the poem. So the whole scene is one poem, and I'm already the whole poem. And the images are crystal clear, crispy, clean, evoking, uh, you know, uh, an image of uh, what is important in our lives. So I'm going to read the poem because I really like it. So here I go. Sleepyhead, a poem zine by Bev. Fiction fades like dew evaporates in the first rays of the sun, laying on a cloud before the rain. Desperately grasping onto images I can no longer remember, waiting for the way to finally drop. Pillows replace the body, offering me an artificial caress. Where are you now? Between me and the quiet comfort constantly calling me back, hidden in the trenches. That is so a cute. fight. For I am but a coward who still calls his mother on the weekends or when I am injured. <laughs> By strangers who look like friends from afar, you've always remained my priority. Oh, wow. So I'll tell everyone I'm tired since that's only half of a lie. So listen, folks, this is a $2 mini zine wow. worth the money. Yes. I really love wow. it. You can repeat this point at many times. It doesn't have information where to find the person, but in Toronto, you can find it at the Toronto Public Library in downtown. I forgot the name of the store. Um, uh, you can find it there. I will post some images of this, but the images correspond to the point which I really like that, 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 that uh, consequence of words and imagery. It has what I like. So those are our... Um, reviews for today and now we're gonna move on into the last section of our podcast today which is the vault mm. and the vault is an important one because in this section we talk about a zine that that has been for a while or, or it's an old zine mm. and the one that we're gonna talk about today it's a scene that it was given to me a long time ago but it was it is it, it's, it's called wise blood mm. and wise blood it's a per zine that is written by somebody, a person called Fish Pit. And I know Zai has a lot to talk about this in, and well, I will continue what whatever they say. I'll, 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 I'll say what I know about these zines. I know that there's probably about uh, 69 or even 70 issues. I could be wrong about that. And I do know that uh, Fish Pit uh, talks about in one of his scenes uh, about getting electric shock, electroshock therapy for depression um, because no uh, medication works for him um, and that he was very very heavily into the punk scene especially when he was younger and he um, from what I know uh, drank a lot uh, yeah. The drugs and basically that's that's me just going by memory alone that's not by what Bishbud has said himself in, right. in the zine so um, I, I, I'm just gonna pass it over yeah to no you. one of the things that I, one of the things that I attracted I uh, was attracted to this zine specifically is because obviously it has this uh, punk zine by from the 
80s and 90s, like photocopied, you know, they had some uh, <laughs> grammar mistakes and mm -hmm. some typos. Yeah. You can tell there are some errors there and there's a lot of uh, stories. And in the stories, there is also the inclusion of a cat, which I love cats, yeah. by the way, as I said it before, mm -hmm. there is a lot of uh, animal imagery as well. And, and the fact that it's not even stapled. Exactly, it's not even stapled. <laughs> it's like it's it's like that's the, the true sentiment of 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 um of a zine, in yes. my opinion. And also, most of the the zines are depicting a sort of white heteronormative macho masculine man always trying to get into the girls' pants and always uh, drinking and smoking and having guns. And the idea of being really strong and macho and trying to kill everybody who's in, in, in front of them. So the stories are, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the stories because probably if you get the chance to have of them, these, these are great stories. But Sai has a story. Yes, I'm, I'm going to read a little bit. And this is from issue number 68 from Wise Blood. Mm -hmm. um, and it's called The Perfect Pearl by Fish Spit. I only once experienced absolute perfection. It was outside time. I can't tell you how long it lasted. The experience landed me in a mental hospital in Arkansas. Several weeks after I knew perfection, they said, well, I met God, but they said I was crazy, told me so repeatedly, so that I decided also that it was a figment of delusion. I was on PCP when I met God and experienced absolute perfection, a cigarette dipped in the vial of angel dust that Eddie had stolen. Eddie was in the special forces, a medic. Weird seeing it all was what that peckerwood told me. To train the sons of bitches with exposure to patching up decimated soldiers while being under fire. They, well, Jesus, they were the insane ones, locked them up. They shot goats with bullets, goats with PCP, you know, a heavy-duty animal tranquilizer, a goat, PCP, woggled, shot, helicopters flying above, under fire, explosions, kabloom, wim bam whammo, faked chaos, prepping those assholes for a real thing. My buddy Eddie out there, a battle situation, removing a bullet from the poor goat, gone on PCP, and I'm the one they were locking up in the loony hatch. Something seriously wrong with this world. There was that dunderhead, Eddie. He looked in that goat's eye and saw something, something that profoundly affected him, something he wanted to experience. Eddie swiped a lot of grade-A government-made animal trank, dabbed a cigarette in that, puffed away. What did you see? I asked him later when he handed the vial over to me. I saw God, he exclaimed. Hella was down for that. I had nothing against meeting the old boy. In fact, I had quite a list of complaints for him when we came face to face. <laughs> Starting with China Cat, my cat, who my sister had run over. I wanted to ask that sucker why he killed my cat. Only an asshole would let a kitty like my little precious China Cat get run over. Oh, I had complaints alright. I already had a very tenuous grip on reality. I'd already, I'd already been to the loony bin on a mul multitude of occasions. It wasn't a stellar decision for me to start smoking angel dust, but lunacy is lost on the lunatic. Okay, that's all I'm going to read from, from that one. As you can hear, most of uh, uh, the words or the wording or the, the sentiment or yeah. the vibe, you can see a lot of or hear a lot of anger, frustration, mm -hmm. and it's like 
these guys like really like I'm gonna kill everybody. It's like <laughs> it's it's so bad, but it's so bad that it's so good to me because yeah. it's so it's so real. Yeah. It doesn't look like oh I am just gonna invent a story. It's his no. his life yeah. and it's so real, very crude, yeah. raw. Yeah, and and this, these are based from actual experiences. His experiences and, and folks that he's spoken to, like his friends, uh, people that he's met in his life. So Yeah. All right, folks, thank you so much for coming today. This has been a pleasure to you. We are looking forward uh, to seeing some of you today, the, later. Yeah, yeah, at the Zine Trade event. And let's see what Albert. happens. Yeah. And we'll keep you posted in the next, in our next episode. Yes. Uh, we really hope that you have liked today's um, episode. And we'll see you next time. So I am Expat. And I am Zai. And this is the Zine Zone. Zone. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>